This is Revive Zoe Church's podcast, where we will equip you to rise to your God-given purpose. Thank you for tuning in to us today. My name is Luis Torres, pastor of Revive Zoe Church, and today we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost, it was a celebration by the Jewish people originally that, that they celebrated the Feast of Harvest, and they harvested grain, and they celebrated that harvest season coming to an end. For the Christians, we celebrate the, the day of Pentecost because the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, when they were in the upper room, it's whenever he, the, he came, and, and as they were waiting, the Holy Spirit came down on them, and they spoke new tongues, they, and, they, and they were filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then after that, then Peter goes, when, when all the people heard what, has ha- what was happening, Peter goes and preaches the gospel, and they, they receive a, a harvest of souls of over 3,000 people. And that was the first time the gospel being preached by Peter in this way, resulting in a harvest. So as you guys know, we have been in the middle of a pandemic. In this pandemic, we have learned different things. Things like, for example, what an essential worker is. I remember whenever they, they, they were closing down the, the states and they started saying that everybody but the essential workers, construction, com, uh, people that work in conven- convenience stores, different people are essential. They got to continue to work. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I kind of want to stay home, you know, but I, I was an essential worker. I worked at doing safety and construction and that must continue. And, and I remember thinking that, and I remember feeling, man, I'm essential. That's a good thing. I'm essential because I can still make money, and I can still be able to provide for my family. Essential workers, they help the economy of the United States continue to move forward and progress, even though it was such a hard and rocky season. So the essential workers are essential, and we're essential. So I remember hearing about that. I remember the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart. And, and, and he said, I am essential. And I was like, wow, that is amazing. And when I started thinking about it, in order for us to live this life, we have to understand how essential the Holy Spirit is for us to be able to live a life that, 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 that is full, to be able to live a life that, that has meaning, that has substance in Christ. To be able to, to, to walk in holiness, you need the Holy Spirit. And the title for today is, The Holy Spirit is Essential. If you want to go to the Bibles with me, you can go to Acts 1, 4 through 8. In Acts 1, 4 through 8, you see Jesus here. He is about to leave the disciples. And he is telling them, wait and, and, and wait and receive the Holy Spirit. And look what it says. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, the disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Come on, if you're there, type wait for the gift. My father promised, which you have heard from me to, that I have spoken about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gather around him and ask him, Lord, 
at this time are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. But listen to this. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit com comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an essential thing for every believer. The baptism in the Spirit is being talked about from the Old Testament whenever, whenever, they, whenever Joel said that your sons and daughters will be filled with the Spirit and they shall prophesy. Well, also, John the Baptist talked about one that was coming that was going to baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And then you have Jesus that said himself, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come because you will receive power. So you see this in Acts 1, 4 through 8 that we just read. And we saw that Jesus is telling his disciples, you guys are about to do something great. They didn't even know really to the extent what they were going to do. And, but he told them, he didn't tell them just go. He told them, wait. He told them, wait and seek the Holy Spirit, the gift that my Father promised. Be baptized, be filled, so you can do what I have called you to do. And that's what they did. And the minute they did that, you, you see that they realized how essential the Holy Spirit was for their lives. To be able to continue, to be able to first be transformed. And as they were transformed, then they could go and be witnesses. And you see that word witness is an important word. It means one who has evidence of that their life shows evidence. When, when we're filled by the Holy Spirit, then our life shows evidence of what God, of what Jesus did at the cross when we have received them in our hearts and we have, when he has forgiven our sins and we, when he has set us free and when the Holy Spirit comes down and, 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 and baptizes and fills us, then, friends, our lives are transformed. And, friends, I don't know why in this 21st century that we're in, why this baptism of the Holy Spirit has been forsaken. I don't know if it's been bad situations and bad experiences people have gone through with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or in other words, with man trying to make something that's not what Scripture says, that people have just shunned it and people are not really wanting to pursue this. But this is a very biblical thing. You, you, you have seen and what I have shown you that John talked about it, Jesus talked about it, the Old Testament talked about it, and that was the last thing that Jesus said before he went to heaven. Don't you think? That is important. People many times they say, well, the last thing that Jesus says is go make disciples, and they're wrong. The last thing that Jesus said before he went to heaven was wait and be filled with the Holy Spirit and be my witnesses. You see, friends, the Holy Spirit is essential for every believer to be able to walk in the empowerment that God has for them, to be able to have victory over the sin, to be able to walk in holiness, to be able to do the works that he called them to do, that he had in store for us to do since the beginning. You see, God intended for every single one of us to be, feel, to be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. God intended for every single one of us to be able to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But as you see, one of the problems that we see here is that it says, wait, that Jesus told them to wait. He didn't give them the Holy Spirit immediately. He could have. But it was at the time the Father had established. And many times we get so desperate with waiting. We get so desperate with saying, God, I I need you right now and I need your fullness, Holy Spirit, right now. And people get desperate and they're not willing to wait. Their waiting is put to the test. He says, wait. In Acts 1, 4, 1, through 4, 1 and 4, it says, wait. And, and it means to be steady, to be re- to, and regardless of obstacles being involved, it means to remain. It means to endure. It means putting up with surrounding difficulties. And friends, waiting requires trust. And these disciples trusted what Jesus had told them, and they waited And they waited, and they waited in the upper room. Some theologians say that there were more than 120 people present. But when they first started, people started to realize this might not happen at this moment. And as time continued, as one day passed, some people were saying, oh, I'm going to pass this slip to to Peter that I'm going to have to go because I have to do this or do that. And, there, and it is said and believed that there was more than 120 people, but they started leaving slowly until there was 120 left. And those that waited persevered. Those that waited were able to wait and receive the power, the person of the Holy Spirit. And when they were baptized and when they were filled and they waited, and they persevered, and they endured all the time that they were there that we don't know how long it was. You see that they were, they were blessed. You see that, that, that they trusted Jesus. You see that, that, that some of them missed an opportunity. But you see that the ones that waited were blessed. Oh, friends, we live in a society today that nobody likes to wait. We live in a society today that, that we have so many things. We have drive through so you can get fast food faster. Who would have thought of that? We have fast foods. We have microwaves. We have Amazon Prime that sometimes is fast, but sometimes it's not as fast. I don't know about that. It's supposed to be fast anyways. You know what I mean. We have instant meals that people put in the microwave real fast, and it's done. We have cars, highways that you go 70 miles per hour. In Europe, you have the Autobahn, which you can go as fast as you want. We have so many different things for us to get things fast, for, things, for us to get everything that we want at, 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 the fast speed, at the fast pace. We want it now. I want it now. We have cell phones, so we don't have to wait on, any, uh, on making a phone call. We just immediately do it. If we, if we have a question of anything, we can go to our phone and, and, and see. And, and seek that question. And not only that, we have high-speed internet. High-speed internet. So we can be able to search everything that is needed. So, friends, we have been accustomed to not being able to wait. And a lot of us don't want to wait. And I've heard many people's experience seeking the Holy Spirit. And it's like, but it hasn't happened yet. But don't get me wrong. It says here to wait. It says Wait. You wait, you endure, you seek him, and you don't give up. 
And so you're filled with the Holy Spirit. you you got to want it. I remember one time that I was in a youth camp, and I remember that these youth wanted the Holy Spirit. They, they heard me and somebody else speak in tongues, and, and, and they wanted what we had, and they asked us, hey, how can we get that? And me and another mentor, we went and we prayed for them. And as we prayed for them, those young people were, man, they, were, they fell in the spirit. Those young people spoke in tongues. Some of them, when they got up, they gave words of prophecy. Man, you could tell that something had happened. You see, friends, that, that happened there in the scripture that, we, that, we, that we're seeing, that th- Jesus is talking about, still happens today. It still happens today. And it's one of my biggest passions to talk about this because I believe that the Holy Spirit is essential with all of my heart. And I believe that if we seek him, all we will find him. If we seek the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we're going to find the Holy Spirit. And he's going to fill us and we're going to live a life full of love, full of mercy, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of patience full of love, and we live a life moved by the Spirit because we're fully filled with Him. I remember when I was young, and I remember that my grandma, she she cooked awesome meals. But at the same time, this was in Puerto Rico, she always had hot pockets, and I loved both. And, and, and some, some days she would cook, and some days she would just give me a hot pocket because I actually, she wouldn't even give it to me. I would, I would get it myself. So I remember going to the, to the freezer and grabbing a hot pocket and putting that hot pocket in the microwave and eating it real fast and feeling great. And then that's one scenario. Then I also remember another time that she was making a home-cooked meal. She was making some rice, some beans, some, some, some carne asada. But in, in Puerto Rico, that is a little different. That is like, that is like a beef stew type, type uh, food. And it was like amazing with tostones, which is like a fried plantain. And I was like, man, this is so amazing. This is so good. And don't get hungry now. I'm just talking about food. Don't get hungry as you're watching this. Well, if you do, good thing that you're at your house and you can just get something. So you're good. <laughs> Anyways, so as I, as I remember sitting there, I remember when I ate the Hot Pocket, I got hungry real fast again. But whenever I ate the home-cooked meal, I had to wait, but I was satisfied. You see, the Holy Spirit, even though you have to wait sometimes, he doesn't, it's not, he's not a microwave God because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's not a, a, a microwave-type person. Even if you have to wait, understand that you will be satisfied Once you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will be satisfied, friends. You will be the most satisfied you've ever been because you are fully filled with that supernatural God, the Holy Spirit. And he will be dwelling completely inside of you, fully manifested in you. And the biggest fulfillment you will receive in life is going to be that. It's not going to be what you do in ministry. It's not going to be who you marry. It's not going to be anything else. But being fully indwelled and fully manifested Holy Spirit inside of you is going to be the most satisfying thing. Just like, in essence, in, in quotation, that home-cooked meal that 
my grandma made for me that satisfied me so much more than that microwave hot pocket. Also, I remember when I used to work out. And, and, and when I used to work out more, trying to get into that habit again, but whenever I used to work out more, I first started, you know, I was like, man, I wish this was faster. Like, I wish, like, I really wish that I could go to the gym one time, even till today, I could go to the gym one time and lose 100 pounds like that and get buff like that. But it don't work like that. In order for you to be swole or to be buff or to be in shape and to be healthy, you must develop some habits. And as you're developing those habits, you do them daily, and you start doing those habits, and they become normal to you. And as those habits become normal to you, you have developed a pattern, then with time you will lose the weight and get the goals that you want. Friends, the Holy Spirit could be like that second option, that it might take time. Sometimes you might ask the first time, and the Holy Spirit might fill you immediately. But sometimes it might be like it happened to the apostles. They had to wait, and they waited. They seek God, and they waited until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, I'm encouraging you to be hungry for the Holy Spirit. God has so much for you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He has so much. Be hungry to experience him. Be hungry to let him baptize you, a fresh baptism in your heart. Be hungry. I encourage you. Be hungry to seek him. When, 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 we, when we stop the recording today, you, 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 you go and seek him. When you go at night, you seek him and you ask him and you ask him and you ask him until you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now going to Acts 2, verse 1 through 4. So we have talked about what Jesus has told them to do, to wait, to be united, to be one. And now we're going to see the second thing that, 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 that when it starts happening in Acts 2, 1 through 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, say suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. That's, that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. One of the important things that we see in this scripture is that they were all together in one place. And they were united. And they were in one accord, seeking God, seeking that promise, waiting for that promise to come, which was the Holy Spirit. They were seeking him. And they were being obedient to Jesus' command that they were to wait until the Holy Spirit came. So they could be filled. So they could be empowered to do the mission that God had to do. But one big thing here is that they were united. And in these days that we're living in the United States, 
We are very separated. We are very segregated. We had thought of within these years that racism was over. And uh, there was a good quote that Will Smith mentioned. Racism is not dead. It still exists. But now it's being filmed. So now everybody's realizing that racism is still here. You see also that there's so much separation, and not just with the world, with the churches. It's a big problem because we see the church here in Acts that they are all together. They're one. They're in one accord. And all the churches, the majority of the churches in the United States at the 11th hour is still the most segregated time. Still. You have your African-American people meeting here. You have your Hispanic people meeting here. You have your Caucasian people meeting here. You have your Asian people meeting here. And they all meet in the majority, not all, the majority. Meet in different areas and they don't intermingle and they just want it their way with their culture with how they want it. However, scripture teaches us that every tribe is going to confess. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. And you see, friends, that's one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit put in our heart to start an English multicultural church. Because we believe that in this season, in this time of age, it is so important that for, for the church to be united. For the church to be one. Many people want this great awakening, and they talk about a great awakening and a great third revival. But that third revival, as we see in the scripture, the pattern is that we must be united before. So in, in order for that to happen, we must be united. We must be one in spirit. We must be seeking to advance the kingdom of God, not seeking to, to advance our own kingdoms. You see, church, we're slacking. We're slacking in, in wanting to be our own and expanding our own kingdoms. And being about our own churches, whenever we're called to be one, the disciples knew this, so they waited, and they were one, and they were in one accord. And then the Holy Spirit came, and the Holy Spirit came and baptized them with, with what it looked like, like tongues of fire. And they spoke in, in tongues, and they were filled completely with the Holy Spirit. And as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, a lot of people that were in the day of Pentecost heard them. You see here in verse 5 through 13 in Acts 2, it says, Now they were there staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from under every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of, each of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it they each one of them that we can hear our own native language? Parsians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Ferga and Pimlia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and, and, and converted to Jews, Cretans, Arabs, we hear declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed. They ask each and one, they, they ask each other, what does this mean? Some people, however, made fun of them and said, they have just had too much wine. And then when that happened, Peter came 
And he preached the gospel. And 3,000 people were harvested at the Feast of Harvest. What a symbol. In the Feast of Harvest, 3,000 people, when Peter proclaimed the good news of the gospel, 3,000 were saved. And it was a great harvest. And not only that, what, what this also talks about is unity. I believe that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, there is no reason for division. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, no, no devil can come in between us. Because there's a supernatural unity that happens. As you see here and you know in the scripture in the Tower of Babel, you see that in that tower as they were trying to make that tower and city for giving themselves glory. You see that God saw what they were doing in their wicked hearts. And you see that God confused their tongues. And they could no longer communicate to each other. So then they started dividing and going across the whole world and getting their own lands. You see, friends, this is a redemption of that curse. In the same way that God divided those tongues, now he's bringing one heavenly language in the spirit so we can be one, so we can be united. So as we pray in the spirit, we might be able to hear our own tongue. So we might be one. So the language of the Spirit is supernatural. So the fullness of the Spirit is supernatural. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. And it unites us supernaturally. Oh, come on. It unites us supernaturally. And in this time where we're living in today, in this 21st century, in the United States of America, where we're so divided, we are in need of unity. We're in need of racial, racial reconciliation. We're in need of making peace with our brothers and our sisters and being in one accord. We're in need of being one. Because I believe it's, if we start modeling that as a church, it's going to be so contagious that the world is not going to be able to resist and they're going to want what we have. And they're going to want to run to Jesus' feet. And revival is going to happen because of the unity of the church and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and us walking in that fresh baptism and the Holy Spirit. And I believe the signs and wonders will come again. And I believe that, 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 that some genuine, genuine, genuine signs are going to happen. And I believe that God is going to move supernaturally. And I believe that his mighty hand will move in a supernatural way once again. Not that it's not happening, but, but you barely see it these days. But God is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus has been about healing, about miracles, about signs. Jesus has been about walking by the Spirit. He left us that model. How he, after he was baptized, he was able to walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, there's not one scripture that says that Jesus 
did a miracle before he was baptized. When he was baptized in water, then the Holy Spirit came upon him, and it remained. He was able to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and we have that available to us, friends, to walk in the fullness. But a lot of people have given up in the way because of their theologies, because their unbelief, because of their philosophy, because they're impatient. And friends, God is telling you to wait today. God is telling you to wait. Wait and seek him. God is telling you today to be one. Be one. Church, he's calling us to be one. He's calling us to unite. Oh, oh, I feel his presence. He's calling us to be one. Because he's wanting to pour that third great awakening. But as these disciples and apostles decided to come together and be one, in the same way we must be one in the spirit. We must be one. We must be in one accord, not divided. Not worried about my church is bigger than yours and comparing our churches and whatnot. But saying whatever to that. I want you. And I want to be one with my brothers and sisters. Oh, God is calling you out there. To leave any animosity from the past with any church that you have been involved with, with any congregation that you have been involved with. Leave it behind. Leave that root of bitterness behind. Let him heal you today. Let him restore you today. Let him manifest his presence. He wants to. He wants to manifest his presence. To heal your heart. To leave that animosity behind. And move forward. And be united. And be one. With the body of Jesus. I remember that when I went to, through this program called DeVos Urban Leadership, we played a game, and it was a maze game. And in that maze game, the whole point of it was uh, for us to realize that we're in this maze race together, that God has given us some of us resources here and there, but that we're still the church. Even though there's different churches and different organizations, we're still all the body of Christ. And when we saw that, some of us weeped and some of us realized, man, what is happening with the church? We're so divided. What is happening that I have this and you need it, but I don't give it to you because, because I don't want to. Because I care about my building, because I care about me. What is going on? Guys, God is calling us to be one. And to be filled. To be filled. So we can receive power. So we can be true witnesses of the transformation that has happened in our lives. God is calling us to preach the good news. To step out in faith. To walk in the supernatural power of God. Not in our strength, in the supernatural power of God. Not taking any glory. But giving him all the glory. God is calling us to do this 
so we can walk effectively in every single thing that he has called us. First, us being transformed. Then, so we can bring transformation to this generation. Right there where you are. I want to ask you, examine your heart. Is there anything that you have against any brother or sister in Christ? If so, if you got to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. If you got to repent, repent. If you got to, whatever you got to do, do it. Leave it behind. Let's be one. Let's be one. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that your word is true and it's, and it's, and it's a sword that, that, is, that is sharper than a double-edged sword. And it pierces in the middle of the heart. In the deepest part of us, I pray, God, that as people are watching, I pray that your presence is manifested. I pray that your Holy Spirit touches their hearts, that they're hungry to seek you, Holy Spirit, that they go tonight and they separate some time and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill me more. I want more. And so they say, I want more, and I want more, and I want more until they're, they, they, they go all out seeking you with all of their hearts. I pray, God, that you put a new fresh passion of, of fire in our hearts. And I pray, God, that, that we would may lay anything aside that, that is in the way but that we may seek you and find the fullness of the Holy Spirit of fresh baptism. Oh, that's the cry of my heart, Lord, that you put a new desire in this generation to be filled with the Holy Spirit. A fresh touch, a fresh feeling. In Jesus' name I pray.